Just give it a speech to me. wanted to hear the uh, the father ran the in at one point yeah. they were explaining it he said what witch Whoa. oh so close and I was like damn oh it's so close which witch <laughs> we arch all right <clears throat> what was the band the 43 inch witch something? Oh, four, 45 inch witch <laughs> that's gonna be our band name <clears throat> hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast, the podcast where we talk about horror movies of the past and present, this one being the present. Uh, we're your hosts. I am Richard, and I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolien. Hello. Will, you working on the graphic novel lately? Yes. Got so, another page scanned. Tell us about it. Oh, man, it is slow, <laughs> but I'm finally doing, like, we're having finished penciled pages. I watched the uh, the uh, Brian De Palma movie of the Black Dahlia yeah. recently. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was a great modern noir kind of thing. Yeah, it's like incredibly complicated. Oh, yeah, it was overly complicated. Yeah. And I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I know a lot of people thought it was the worst thing they'd ever seen. It's one of those, like, uh, you have to think back through it to work out what's going on. Yeah. I thought it worked well, and yeah. it was very De Palma-y, mm -hmm. especially when the guy gets tossed over the balcony oh, and yeah, lands right. on the obelisk, <laughs> right. which I saw it in the theater. I burst out laughing because it was <laughs> so over the top and kind of unexpected, mm -hmm. but I do that at some really inappropriate, quote, scary moments in movies. Making people sneer over the top of their popcorn uh -huh. at you. When, uh, so you're, you're like uh, in, uh, what was it, uh, a Naked Gun, where they come out of the theater laughing and it, and the camera tilts up and it's platoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, you know. Uh, I've laughed at some really <laughs> awful things I've seen on the screen. I know my cousin burst out laughing when we watched Pulp Fiction and... Right. And they hit somebody with the car, and he thought it was just so ridiculous, <laughs> and it struck him as so funny. <laughs> Every time I'm carrying food through an intersection, like a crosswalk, mm -hmm. I think of Marcellus Wallace with the with the donuts and coffee. <clears throat> I think it was actually Kathy Griffin getting shot, uh -huh. yeah. and for some reason that just tickled him. 
We also laughed at oh. species inappropriate <laughs> spots. That was a terrible movie. It needed to be laughed at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just they did a species a thon the other night on one of the movie channels. I Ooh. looked and I said, What the hell is this? It looked familiar, like something I saw over ten years ago. And then I hit the menu button on the remote and saw species, followed by species two and then species three. And I'm thinking, Wow, who's gonna sit through that? <laughs> Not it. Not it. So, what have oh, you been? Sorry, Julian. Oh, You're it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, um, I was thinking of the, like those '70s car chase movies where they're always going through uh, piles of grapefruit and boxes oh yeah, and some gla- panes of like glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two guys carrying the big pane of glass. I saw. A, I actually saw a pair of guys carrying a large pane of glass across the city street. Wow. And uh, and they made it. They okay, made it. But I, I was still really pleased. No speeding Ferrari came down. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wow. Trans Am going through it. Yeah, we don't have a big enough Chinatown. Do we We don't even have a Chinatown, do we? We used to. There used to be an alley down by the uh, one of the stadiums. Oh, yeah. Chinatown. Where there's, you know, crates of chickens and carts of fruit. Yeah, that... it was early 20th century. Yeah. They didn't have speeding Ferraris back then. No. So, yeah, Ferraris were much slower. Miss, missed opportunity. Yeah, 1920. <laughs> the steam Ferraris. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you um, how did you survive the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle all nighter? Uh, well, uh, I stayed awake through the Monday and then did the podcast with you. So I've not listened back to that episode yet, but I imagine I said some really stupid things. No, you great. sounded you sounded really cool. Like you like you just had taken. Like some badass tranquilizer with no side effects, and just said, "What's up, man? Yeah. Let's do a podcast." Stiff pint of laudanum. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I got the deadly bees confused with the killer bees. Yeah, I think the word yeah, the word deadly said, didn't come up. Yeah, it was, it was, we were talking about the deadly bees, but calling it killer bees, weren't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So sorry about that, folks. Yeah, and we'll we'll course correct on that soon. <laughs> we'll go back and re-edit that last episode and then cut this bit out okay because yeah. it won't reference anything that... or, or bleep it so it just sounds like we're swearing a lot because we wouldn't fucking do that no um here's your spoiler warning we may well not may we're gonna uh, spoil rev- we're gonna spoil the deadly bees <laughs> the deadly bees well we didn't really warn anybody about the deadly bees but we're definitely gonna spoil the witch yes um we watched two movies this week. Yeah. So we're going to reveal plot points and conclusions, blah, blah, blah. We're not film critics. We're illustrators and artists. So um, don't expect us to act like critics uh, other than us criticizing things occasionally. Um, let's say thank you to the Moonrays and then we'll get right into it. Thank you, as always, to the Moonrays for their song intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find their music at themoon-rays.com or buy their music on iTunes or Amazon. Um other than Deadly Bees and The Witch, what else have you two watched since last time? Um, damn it. I saw another accidental double bill, you know, because like last time it was the, the Deadly Bees and uh, the Wicked Man remake, which turned out to be a B movie. Yes, yes. B-double-E. Um, but I, I saw like a Hitchcock tribute double bill, which was uh, uh, The Bride Wore Black, which was uh, Francois Truffaut. Okay. 1968. Where uh, uh, she's um, her husband's been shot, and she tracks down these five guys who 
Oh, okay. Responsible, and uh, she takes on a different role for each one, so she becomes the kind of like perfect woman, the ideal woman, and then knocks them off. That was really Sounds good. Sounds good. It was really good. Yeah, Bride War Black. Nice. And then, uh, and after that, I watched Mulholland Drive, which was great as oh, well. Oh, Mulholland Drive is fantastic. Yeah, I've watched that numerous times. I've not seen it before. I kind of went off Lynch. I got as far as Lost Highway, which was just before it. Yeah. And then I kind of got just tired of the shtick. But Mulholland Drive is Mulholland really a top Holland form. Drive was good enough. We went two nights in a row. <laughs> we went watched it one night and then went and watched it again. And it was yeah, a pricey kind of art weird. theater. It's like you're watching the movie and you think, oh, I want to see this again right after. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, but towards the end of the film, you feel like you're watching it again already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, kind of... it, it's basically noir surreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Noir yeah, there's so much like references to classic Hollywood and yeah, and Hitchcock. You know, the Betty goes out there after mm. winning a dance contest yes. to make it big in Hollywood. Right, right. You know. Yeah, and it, you know, it, you, you can choose like which one of those Naomi Watts characters uh, is the real one, yeah. or maybe none of them. None of them. Yeah. And then the guys behind the the. The restaurant, the Denny's or whatever. Yeah. Uh, wow, that was that <laughs> homeless person there. Yeah, it was fantastic, and I loved when the parents were tiny and they came out of that bag. <laughs> yeah, what the hell was Man, that? I, I always wondered David what the Lynch. hell that was supposed to be. Yeah. <clears throat> I've the only movie I haven't seen of his is Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hasn't he been quoted as saying something to the effect of? All of these things make sense if you just watch or something like that. Mm. I'm thinking my eyes were wide open. I don't know why the parents were two inches tall or whatever. I don't remember now, but I'm I'm sure I came up with something. I've watched Lost Highway enough that it makes sense, sort of. That part with Robert Blake, the first time I saw it, creeped me out. He's like, I'm there now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty creepy. And then he got creepier in real life. Ah, real life. So what were we talking about? What movies did we watch? Um, oh, that one about Evil Knievel's life. Oh. <laughs> no. Did oh, you? La- la- last night was the Oscars. Oh, uh, yeah. As we record. Uh, yeah, so Sunday night was the Oscars. Did you watch that? No. Bits and pieces, mostly fast forwarding through uh-huh. commercials and acceptance speeches. I hear her ex machina picked up something. It did. It picked up a visual. Yeah. For all of the the cool effects, I think we had some influence on that. I think we did. Oh, I hope yeah. so. But uh, instead of watching that, we watched um, Island of Terror. Oh, what's that? I don't think I know this. Nineteen sixty-six. It's like uh, it was this in, uh, independent British studio that uh, they just did like a, a few movies and disappeared. But they brought in like people from Hammer, so they had like Terence Fisher directing it, and then uh, Peter Cushing plays one of the scientists. So. Okay. And it's uh, uh, they there's this like island off of uh, off the east of Ireland, and uh, these scientists there have been developing that they they've been trying to fight cancer by developing an anti life form, and it's silicon based and it, of course produces these monsters which are these kind of blobs with tentacles that suck the bones out of people. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago, but I remember the silicone-based yeah, thing called, called silicates. Yes. Yeah. And they stole that for Star Trek. 
<laughs> Remember that? that they had Probably. That, that weird creature crawling around in a cave that was dissolving oh, yeah. rocks. The pain. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is from 66. So this would be around the time that Peter Cushing played Doctor Who in mm. the movies. And uh, the the woman in the film is one of the assistants from the early Doctor Who series. So... And the, and the uh, there's these like weird electronic effects for the uh, the creatures, and that that's done by Barry Gray, who did the uh, music for all those Jerry Anderson ah. things. Speaking of Doctor Who, a different spelling of Who, I watched um, what you'll know the name of this, the King Kong King Kong Escapes King Kong Escapes. Yes, it's Rubber Kong versus Metal Kong. <laughs> that's based. Is this like a who was it? Who was it Sandy Frank? But they. They did all these animation series back in the 60s. Yes, yes. Yeah, so they had this series. So there was the Rankin-Bass tie-in. Yeah, Rankin-Bass, that's it. So yeah. uh, uh, they had a King Kong series. So that it was done in collaboration with Toho to do a King Kong movie based on their and, take on it. And have you watched enough of the Rankin-Bass stuff to remember, like, the the Christmas stuff? I've seen bits of it. I've not seen the, the Kong series. I want to say it's The Year Without a Santa Claus um, has the Burgermeister Meisterburger in it? Do you remember this? <laughs> no, he I was... remember the Heat Meister from oh, Rudolph yeah. or whatever. I never cared for those, even though they were stop motion, which mm-hmm. I genuinely liked. But well, they were a little too saccharine for yeah. me. So, yeah, usually. Um, but there was a character who was like the the oppressive um, Burgermeister of this village, who basically hates toys. And uh, do you remember the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons, Boris Badenoff? Remember his voice? Same guy voiced him, and I can't think of his name offhand. But uh, Steve Gutenberg. His first (laughs) name came to mind. But this guy, uh, Thomas Aquinas. I want to say his last name was Freeze for some reason. Anyway, he voiced. Mr. Doctor. (laughs) Freeze Meister. Uh, But the same guy who voiced Boris Badenoff and Burgermeister Meisterburger did the overdub for the the evil doctor. I think it's Paul Freeze. Paul Freeze, yes, that's the name. Tons of the. Yeah. Yeah, the the actor who plays Doctor Who is uh, Ese Amamoto. And he's like, he's, he's an eccentric guy in real life. You could tell by the fact that. He refuses to see a dentist. Yeah, but he, he like uh, lived in Spain and just went back to Japan to do these movies and play wizards and mad scientists and whatever. He was bizarre. Yeah, but that was interesting though. Um, I saw that, and I know we talked about this on our second or third episode. Um, when I was a kid, we used to go and do this uh, matinee thing where you could bring five bottle caps of a certain soda, and they would let you in. Mm. They knew they were going to sell you popcorn anyway. But, yeah. Uh, and it uh, used usually an older movie. Yeah. And it was King Kong Escapes was one of them. I remember wow. very distinctly being a big fan of King Kong and then going, all right, cool. I've seen King Kong. Mm-hmm. I've seen Mighty Joe Young. Here's another King Kong movie. And it's like, what the yeah. hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think I had the same reaction to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was my first experience. The bottle cap shows... My first experience of uh, watching lips not in sync with <laughs> the voices. Mm. Didn't know what that was all about. I was, you know, six or seven. What did uh, I know? I, I would have just loved it. You know, just, uh, giant monsters, you know. Yeah. Happy guy. Well, yeah. I was happy to be there watching them. Six or seven years old, I'd be nuts for it. Just didn't. It didn't fit what I knew, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
didn't fit your expectations. Up to that point. Yeah. And then after that point, new set of expectations for a movie. So um, I'll just say real quickly, I, I saw that and uh, some stupid uh, rom-com type thing called Love the Coopers. There's some Christmas rom-com crap. Why? Why? Not my idea. I'm just going to say idea. I'm going to say that. I watched part of the Zodiac Killer movie called Zodiac. Uh-huh. The, the director's cut. I saw part of that. Which one? Is that the David Fincher one? Uh, the one that came out in the last... 2006? Yeah, yeah I was going to say the last they five They released like three or four of them all at once because oh. the David Fincher one was coming out. But if it's just Zodiac. Yeah. Jake just... Gyllenhaal. Yep. That's an excellent movie. It looked good. I saw like 10 minutes of it and then it was on again and I watched about 20 minutes of it. I think I'm just going to sit down and watch the actual movie because it looks good. He's and I a, don't know much about the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, I always like David Fincher. David Fincher is not, I have not seen one yet that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Even if it was something I wasn't terribly interested Even in. Alien Cubed. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Alien 3, Alien Cubed. <laughs> yeah, that was his first one, I guess. Yeah. I remember uh, going to that at the theater. It was not great. Yeah, I went to see I was that. really into Aliens at that time. That's when I was writing for uh, Samhain magazine and uh, went to see, I think it was the premiere of Necromantic 2. And I met uh, this, he's a pretty well-known uh, writer named Kim Newman. He writes novels mm-hmm. uh, and uh, reviews films. He wrote nightmare movies. Okay. But he was there and I uh, went up to him and apologized for... Um, because he had a beef with one of the writers of Samhain magazine. Uh, they'd done this terrible review of the second edition of Nightmare Movies. And I went up to him and I said, uh, uh, I've not read that edition, but I really like the first one. And yeah. So, you know, not all of us think that way. And uh, you know, we got along all right. And then uh, he invited me. They had this uh, like, uh, sneak peek of... Alien cubed it. Alien cubed. Yeah, after the show. So like it's in the early hours of the morning somewhere in London watching this really too dark print of Alien Cubed. Yeah. Alien 3. Um, yeah. Man. A dark print is just so difficult to watch. And that, that really bums me out that the original neg- negative and the original um, prints of dog soldiers gone missing and they can't find apparently it's not going to be recovered right and all of the existing uh, transfers are really dark well, it's a bummer I, when i was growing up in, in england like uh, by the time it because they didn't make that many prints to go abroad so you were seeing like re, like uh you know outside of london at least you're seeing really scratchy bad condition yeah versions of films that used to be normal yeah it's just oh, that's, that's how it was that's what film looks like yeah, yeah that's how the drive-in toy, drive-in was always some terrible cop right it's oh, like yeah. when people are saying oh like uh, oh blu-ray is just as you know just as pristine as the original print it's like, <laughs> original prints when i was a kid were terrible yeah <laughs> one better than dirt that. on it and things, things seem like they were out of sequence sometimes hair <laughs> comes across the screen like a giant anaconda yeah. like the first films i ever saw that was like uh they, they jump and they come out the gate and they uh-huh. have to be put back in the projector and yeah that was a that was a holiday camp dad took me to see dr no oh nice and uh it was two yeah, Doctor No and Toro Toro Toro. 
strange so, <laughs> both both films featuring a guy getting being set on fire which was pretty scary yeah well at least there was a common thread yeah. unifying element amongst the two good I, they put some thought into that i'm sure <laughs> well, it, they went on the same night it wasn't a burning oh, man double bill i oh. see i thought it was double bill like <laughs> two movies where someone gets set on fire 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 <laughs> I thought maybe it'd be like the sometimes they'd have radio shows they'd play two songs and you had to find what yeah. was the connecting right both mention both mention a superhero I thought yeah <laughs> both both movies featured a man burning when a free popcorn if you if you guess what the connection is between the double bill um and you know it's burnt popcorn so that was the tie-in mm-hmm. they had this burnt popcorn they'd figure out what to do with it. Okay, everyone's wondering, why the hell aren't we talking about The Witch yet? Oh, dear. Okay. Okay, before Sorry. we do, before we do, I want to mention that um, it's it's been set in stone. I will be selling my artwork at the Walking Dead convention known as Walker Stalker Con here in Denver, April 2nd and 3rd. So that'll be pretty cool. A um, bunch of celebrities from the show. That's great. Fine, whatever. But two of the celebrities from Night of the Living Dead are going to be there. Mm-hmm. So Russ Streiner and Judith O'Day who played Johnny and Barbara are going to be there. So I'm going to um, go get them to sign a poster and uh, hopefully get them to do an interview with us. Excellent. Hopefully. <laughs> so that's going to happen um, before we start into the 2015 movie known as the witch. Um, anything you want to say about the movie, um, your experience watching it? So, it? so it came out in festivals January last year. And right. It's just come out on wide release. Right. Now. And it won Best Director for Robert Egger. Is it Eggers? Eggers. Eggers. Plural. Um, one guy, <laughs> uh, he won Best Director at Sundance, which oh, okay. is pretty cool because I think he directed the hell out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what were your what were your impressions, Jillian? Oh, me first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I <clears throat> really liked it. Uh, it's if you were into watching a great ensemble of performers, uh, it's a really good. Yeah, group. the cast was fantastic. Like down to the twins. Yeah, yeah everybody was perfect. Yeah. I mean, those kids did the dialogue. Other than one little scene where it, the boy was going to ride away on the horse, his dialogue seemed a little jumpy there, and I thought maybe that was a first day or something. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But after that, other than that, uh man those kids are great so if you're into good acting good photography right it's it's got they they use like all natural light so if you're into like uh there's a lot of stanley kubrick in this movie um yeah evidently the director's a big fan of the shining really obvious yeah yeah and and i suspect barry Lyndon as well Mm -hmm. natural light and i suspect he likes terence malick yeah i imagine days of heaven yeah things like that uh, so it's a good-looking movie if you're into Malik and Kubrick. Uh, it kind of looked like Vermeer as well, the Dutch painter. Yes, yeah, I can see that. Always paintings of, of people. <clears throat> I caught that too. The stark, the stark white clothing, and the shaft of sunlight coming through the window. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. Check out Girl with a Pearl Earring if you're into that. Um, if you're into horror movies. Uh, you're going to have uh, you have to deal with the slow burn it's very slow burn there's a couple of 
shocks, uh, mm-hmm. but all the straightforward horror stuff is at the end. It's it's like a, he's trying to build up a sense of dread and claustrophobia. So it uh, it's not it's not the James Wan style of like a, you know continuous haunted house sort of thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, it just it's uh, lets it build up and then yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not for everyone. I think the way it's been advertised with that that poster with the like the the naked girl in the dark forest and stuff that happens. But yeah, I've it's, I've not seen any not ads the I, or the poster. I stayed away from all of that for this. Same here. And uh, but reading people's uh, reviews, some people seemed like they were sold. Uh, a horror movie, yeah. you know, that was not an old timey folk tale, <laughs> which I really appreciated that rather than trying to update something like, you know, Dracula 2099 or <laughs> well, his, his, sexy mommy or whatever. The next one, uh, he's working on his uh, remake of Nosferatu. Wow. That's what that I wanted. Cool. I went home and I told Eugenia, that they needed to make one with a vampire set in Hungary, all in Hungarian, mm. and, uh, you know, be really creepy. Yeah. And I was like, then they could do a wolf man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just well, do throw it out right. all the modern stuff. Yeah, do it right, because Universal Studios sure seems like they want to make a bunch of damn superhero movies. Yeah, out they of, do. Out of their properties, which they're just being morons about. Go, go and watch Company of Wolves. Yeah. That's a folk tale yeah, werewolf movie. Totally, check it out. So the Howling Five, <laughs> oh, God. I recommend highly. Oh, no. Five stars. Seven. That's like one of the worst movies. I've I don't ever know. Seen. I gave up at some point. It's like a home video. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, here's a bunch of like, uh, you know, local bands playing in a bar, a country bar. Oh boy. Uh, you know, it kind of just forgets that it's a howling movie at all. <laughs> yeah. I think it's seven or eight. Or no one told them. Yeah. No one just, they slapped that name on there to sell it. Amazing. So the slow burn, um, it seemed like we all three liked the slow burn a lot. Yeah. I, I had no problem. That movie, I guess, was about an hour and a half. Yeah. It could have been two hours, two hours, 20. I wouldn't have known... One way or the other, it moved along so nicely that it, it could have been longer and not dragged. Uh, I disagree. I felt <laughs> some of it was a bit dull because I didn't know what it was saying. I didn't there, know where it was going with things. It'd like bring up issues and then drop them. Yeah. Kind of sitting on the fence with things. Well, I yeah, f- I could see that. Um, yeah, there were a couple scenes that were perhaps a little slower than need be or a little... Yeah, I mean, I mean, ambiguous. Is it about Puritans versus paganism, or uh, man versus nature, or budding sexuality, or I think it was all, all of the those above. Things. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> yeah. everything. It's like uh, you could interpret it. Like, apparently, the Church of Satan really likes this film. Yes, I read their glowing reviews. But then uh, <laughs> Christian reviewers liked what? it too. Yeah, they say, "Oh, you want to rush to a church as soon as you've seen it." The only people who didn't like it were the Wiccans. Really? I imagine they'd hate so this. So how film. about how about voodoo practitioners? She loved it. Yeah. She pointed out if you're a witch, you are 
by nature bad. <laughs> I mean, witches are always they're a scary thing. Yeah, they're only as a bad part this point in history when they. Yeah. Do you feel like some? And I, I, I'm not generalizing here, but do you feel like there are some Wiccans who conduct themselves like really annoying vegans do? <laughs> a little bit. I hope we didn't lose any listeners. Well, I, I, that's why I'm saying some, not all, you know, and it's not a generalization, but you do occasionally meet a Wiccan the way you will occasionally meet a vegan who's who's really, um, even for lack of a better word, evangelical about it. And yeah. spare no opportunity to... Um, make you feel bad about your choices or or feel ignorant about your choices while sort of um you know professing the the virtues of their choices and and you run into that once in a while it's like uh yeah people shake their heads at you sometimes because you're just this this lowly um what's what's a good word for it um peasant <laughs> i don't know peasant. But uh, you you run into that sometimes, and I kind of feel like, well, if you're just walking around, you know, waiting to be offended, or waiting to be misunderstood, it's gonna happen all day long. So why not just say, hey, I got my beliefs, you got yours, it's cool. If you wanna, you know, not, you know, understand nature and worship certain things or eat other things, you know. This this yeah, this has really gone off the rails. <laughs> Back on track. So uh so there's a village of vegans versus a village of uh Wiccans. Well, I, l- I looked up some of the history of uh witchcraft like yeah. I wondered where this fell in, in between the famous trials like when the Salem trials were and, mm-hmm. and so on. So what was the time? Because it's obviously playing with the crucible and and mm-hmm. stories of So like this Apparently it's set in 1630. I didn't catch it in the movie, but when I I looked, I looked it up. Yeah, I didn't catch up. that that in the movie. I don't remember but... that being posted. On... Yeah, there's like a title card at the Is beginning. There, there okay. was a title card, but I don't remember a, a specific date. Yeah, just being you know something. I don't right. remember what the title card actually said now, but but anyway, that, that puts it in. So this is during the like the, there's like a couple of centuries of hardcore witch persecution or you know killing off old people and uh, people with mental problems and accusing them of being witches. And... You mean for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is like massive in Europe, which is incredible. Yeah. 200,000 people killed. But uh, the, the famous trial in England was the Pendle Witch Trial, which was 1612. Okay. Where, um, where 10 people were hung on the moors. On the moors? Ooh. Yes. If they had stayed off the moors, maybe that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were dragged there. They didn't have a oh, choice. Oh, okay. But this is like this set a precedent because the testimony was mostly from this nine-year-old named Janet Device. And she was the member of one family, which was feuding with a, another family. Oh. And uh, so they were accusing each other of being witches. So you get the scene in the movie where the, the kids are all accusing each other. And oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty scary, hysterical stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, so the, these families accused each other, and, and she ended up uh, being the witness who got her own family wiped out. Because, um, like, back back in the day, you you had all these, like, really, you know, literally dirt poor people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, apart from, you know, if you had signs of old age or mental illness, uh, you could just, uh, and you'd be accused of being a witch. Yeah. Uh, uh, people would accuse each other just to get the other person, you know, thrown mm. in jail or killed, tortured. 
and uh, um, you know, and and people would would believe themselves to be witches just because strange things had happened and and there was people who would like make a living from it as well it's like someone would pay you oh can you put a curse on such and such yeah so there's so you know it's really dangerous but people would, would do that they they say oh yeah i'm a witch yeah i read a book uh it's uh was based on some uh research on a a guy who hired like a wizard in elizabethan england and and how you had to keep it so hidden and mm-hmm. you know it's was just a big con essentially <laughs> right but, uh it was an interesting book mm-hmm. i don't remember the title of it now okay something the apprentice tale okay it was a uh, yeah thin you can read it in 20 minutes probably wow well maybe not that well, well then um so so shortly after this was set, there was the English Civil War so in the 1640s. Okay. Uh, so there are factions of religions. Yeah. State versus royalty. Um, and then once James I came along, he was like really into killing off people for witchcraft. So it got really <laughs> nasty. And uh, then 1692-3 to three was the Salem Witch Trials. It was very stylish in its day. Mm-hmm. You had to... Uh, well, like, uh, and that would be the King James who had the Bible commissioned, correct? Yeah. <laughs> so you had um, uh, the, the Salem Witch Trials. Again, it depended on testimony of children. Yes. And uh, 19 people were hung and, and one poor guy was... Crushed with a rock. Pressed to death. It was yeah. called uh, Pinfortidur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was crushed by weights, and apparently he said, "More weight." Might as well <laughs> get it over with. But yeah, so that those those trials set precedents, legal precedents that lasted uh, to to this day for children to give testimony. But like um, after the witch trials, uh, they had to be shown to be uh, capable of being like a. Um, Reliable witnesses. Oh, okay. You couldn't just turn to a child and say so. So what happened? Tell me some stories about until the nineteen eighties like. when they <laughs> took child uh, testimony for satanic rituals. Satanic panic. Mm-hmm. Satanic panic here in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's still still legal. Yeah, with kids claiming they you know they were killing a baby a day and mm-hmm. just ridiculous stuff. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bad fallout, you know. As recently as the uh, the West Memphis Three, the, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they just got out of prison a few years ago. It's amazing to think that there was no physical evidence, no eyewitnesses, nothing tying these three guys except for they wore black and listened to metal music, and uh, somebody said they were Satanists. And... I heard they wrote their name in the book, <laughs> in Satan's book. And I also heard that Black Philip told them they could do as they like. <laughs> Black Philip was the best part of this movie. The goat. Yes. Yeah. No, I, that's not really fair to say, but he was an awesome part Apparently of the movie. Apparently they wanted to use him more, but they couldn't train him well enough. He seemed yeah. like kind of an asshole of yeah. a goat. Goats are not. Especially, known as especially being... Satan goat. Yeah. They're not very trainable. No, I don't think so. I think the part where he rammed the guy into the woodpile might have been real. <laughs> Just keep <laughs> filming. It's like, we'll, we'll write something and, and shoot around it, but we're character. using it. 
<laughs> I was I was so worried a big block of wood was going to hit that poor actor in the <laughs> yeah. head when he fell against the Yeah, it'd be like a Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. That was a great scene. We'll film, film this last in case you get killed. Speaking of untrainable animals, um, did you notice when they were first leaving the plantation, when the family was setting out to uh, find their little plot of land, that there were so many bugs around them? Mm-hmm. Oh, the bugs. Mm. It, like there was a cloud of gnats around them the whole time. It looked miserable. So this was filmed in Canada, wasn't it? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know where it was I didn't from. look up the filming locations, but um, that makes sense. Yeah, they had to, Definitely they had to really go out Canyon. there into the forest to film <laughs> it. But like the only wide shot you get where it shows like a vast landscape is that shot where the, uh, the, the family leaves this uh, community at the start. They mm-hmm. split away from this Puritan community and they head out into, towards the forest. And then that's the only time you... You see a horizon. Them, yeah. yeah. About, and then the rest of it is all claustrophobic. Yeah. Like really tall trees. Overcast. Yeah. You, you, and you get the impression that it's just surrounded by these trees. And they're in this little clearing. Yeah. That was one of the creepiest parts of this yeah. movie, was knowing they were completely isolated. Right. And it's really claustrophobic. You, you have, like, it's not just like the, um, uh, the religion. They're, yeah. They've got this really strict religion that's claustrophobic. It's like physically, you've got. They're in this forest. It, it's all overcast. Like the the sky is like this grey ceiling on top mm-hmm. of them all the time. And the and it's this kind of unusual aspect ratio. And uh, the uh, the frame cuts off really close above their heads. Oh uh, yeah, that creates lot. tension right there. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it kind of presses them into the top of the frame. It's. Yeah, that's one of the rules of still photography is that if you want to create tension, um, put your subject too close to a border. Uh, and if you really want to create more tension, have them facing out like they're trying to exit the scene mm. rather than walking into the scene. Yes. So you can create a lot of tension that way, just visually. And this movie did it for sure. I mean, it was and I didn't feel like it was dreary. I mean, I could see that it was dreary, but it didn't make me feel like tired and bummed out to watch it. No, so they it, did something right. Un, unrelentingly grim. It was. It was super <laughs> grim. Everything felt damp and yeah. Uh, and you get the idea that like even if there wasn't supernatural around, these would people were, were not coming to a happy end. No, no they weren't going to make it. They yeah. uh, did. You, did did you both watch the the um, the uh, trailers? since then no there's one where they have a voiceover from the director talking about he did four years of independent research um of his own where he did speak with a lot of people who were historians and whatnot and uh he when when they were getting ready to build the sets and make the costumes for this he had um patterns that were taken from original costume of of the era and it was made from fabric accurate you know, well, I heard that. Yeah. Or, you know, I heard mm. that he really strove for accuracy, but I questioned the nails. Um, that seemed like he was a little fast and loose with just and we decided nails. And they talked about it with Eugenia, and and I decided that perhaps nails read better symbolically. Uh, Maybe that's, that's what kind it of was. a. They should have been squarish, spike kind of. They nails. were squarish, but even nails. I mean, they used wooden pegs. Yeah, for everything. If you they couldn't, they didn't have glass or butter. Nails are kind of hard to make. I remember people 
looking you'd have to go pull all the nails out yeah old stories my granddad would tell or something oh yeah yeah because nails were kind of hard to come by yeah sure yeah a lot of the um there was a place in uh in northern idaho called the uh, cataldo mission and this place i guess there's not a nail in the whole thing it's all just they would auger holes into it and then pound the pegs in and cut the pegs off flush and yeah all put together with pegs that's crazy. I would want nothing to do with that kind of construction work. There's a freestanding spiral staircase in Santa Fe. Really? It has no nails. Yeah, and the just church. Just all pegs? It's, uh, the legend is some guy just appeared and built it for them. Oh, I, I saw that on and like one laughed. of those Believe It or Not or one yeah. of those shows. I did see that. That's crazy. So um, the, uh, the furniture, the buildings, everything was... The, the language... Yeah, every, the everything language was accurate. Was, was fantastic. It was a little hard to pick up at first. Yeah, um, cons- but considering that um, William, the the father character, mm-hmm. has you know the actor has uh, such a low gravelly voice, mm. made it even harder to understand him sometimes. He made me think of Graham Chapman and uh, Life of Brian. <laughs> oh yeah. The whole time I just kept thinking that guy could play. Life of Brian too, but it does <laughs> the put, later years. It it does put you into that the whole atmosphere of this. It's kind of like a being on another planet. You've got these people with yeah nothing to fall back on, and yeah, it was. out there they've got this this. They're absolutely sure that they're surrounded by God and the supernatural, and uh, you know the the language is different. Uh, cell phones don't work. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really puts you back in that time. And Nobody's coming to help. Right? Yeah, the you know the they're not particularly good at hunting or growing stuff. No, there were a lot of Puritans that were not good at hunting or growing stuff. Yeah, and on top of that, you there pick some bad places to settle, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't know all the foods they were growing, so. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would die from mushrooms and things like that that they shouldn't be eating. Yeah. So if yeah. you're really good at carving headboards, for example, it's not going to do you any good <laughs> in a wilderness situation. You know? No. Although it looked like the traps might have worked. Yeah, they might have. If, if it weren't for the bewitched forest they were set in. True. Now, Although they did catch some stuff. How, how did you feel about the um, the omniscient view right after um, baby Samuel was kidnapped by the red-cloaked witch when she was making... Um, Her getaway? No, when she was actually making jam out of the baby. <laughs> I, I remember sitting there thinking, that's not how you make baby oil. Yes. <laughs> well, that's for um, uh, for flying. Yes. Oh, yeah, because she slathered it on herself and then was... And on her broomstick. Yeah, she was ready to take flight. Which Uh, gives Harry Potter kind of a grim outlook if you think that all those flying broomsticks are powered by stolen muggle children, unbaptized muggles. Oh, man. And... um, But my point was that... So we got an um, omniscient view, and, uh, and that tells us that this isn't in their heads. Mm-hmm. There really is a witch in the forest, pulping babies and slathering sticks and flying around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I, I don't want to body shame anybody, but uh, she she was not not hot, <laughs> not the most attractive witch. 
then the one later we get that is attractive that's uh, that's uh, sort of beckoning yeah she kind of looks like Eva Green yeah and then all of a sudden she's got the crazy gnarly arm yeah that's another Kubrick thing though isn't it yeah Yeah. the shining yeah yeah just like the scabby lady in the bathtub yes it's like oh this is great no it's not (laughs) so uh (laughs) poor Caleb you know and and maybe the witches just intuitively knew he was a boob man because you know he was checking out his sister earlier yeah like peering down her cleavage Mm -hmm. so they were taking advantage of that maybe they were watching from the trees and said, oh, yeah, that's what he likes. <laughs> of course, could you really be an ass man back then? I mean, there's so much fabric bundled around the behind. Like, would you even know what one sort of looked like? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. How would you ever... How yeah, would it'd you... be the stuff of legend. Yeah. The stuff of legend. Yeah, it would be all inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for some reason, it was open season on cleavage back then. But yeah. cover up everything else, including the hair. Now, and, and I'll... And we can come back around to this later, but did you notice at the end when when uh, the family was being kind of torn apart and people were getting killed right and left that uh, when the um, when Thomasine, is it Thomasine or Thomasina? Thomasine. Thomasine. When she and her mother, Kate, um, are starting to come undone, like mentally, both of them, and sort of losing their religion, so to speak, that they both lost mm-hmm. their little bonnet yeah. deals. Which is part of their religion. Yeah. So by the time that thing has come off, their their whole religious uh, leanings are starting to come unraveled, it seemed. Oh, definitely. I so think it was pretty near the bottom by that time. Yeah. But that seems symbolic, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, in, in Japan, the uh, ghosts have wild hair. Yeah. Because it, it contrasts with the very uh, controlled hairstyles of the medieval japan is you know very um stylized hair and so the the ghosts will have wild manes like blowing wow, in the okay. wind and sometimes it's, a serpent it's, body it's a signifier of a ghost yeah that's some scary stuff the old japanese art yeah and there's some great modern versions of it um uh, masami Taraoka did mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you about when I ran into him in the hardware store? <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Um, let's sidetrack for a second. But this guy's his artwork is amazing. If you get to yeah. check it out, listeners, Masami Taraoka. Uh, he was um, he was living in um, Waimanalo, and I was living in Kailua, which were just two small towns that were near each other. And they didn't have a hardware store in Waimanalo, so he was in an aisle in the hardware, the true value hardware store in Kailua. And I just was walking past the end of an aisle and I did a double take and went, Oh, that's him. <laughs> He's a Japanese man with hair down to about his elbows, salt mm. and pepper hair and little round glasses, a little goatee and mustache. You couldn't miss the guy. There weren't a bunch of people that looked like him and he was super nice, but, uh, he, he did a lot of modern versions of traditional Japanese mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you, for example, would have the samurai scene, but it would be a businessman on vacation with golf clubs and a snorkel and mask, and he'd be coming out of the water in yeah. a traditional samurai pose. And you did like a, a, a series on the theme of HIV as well. Yes, you? he did. Yeah, the book I have is called Waves and Plagues. It's out of print, um, but he's got a great one of a geisha in a um, 
in a hot tub uh, with a whole row of condoms trying to tear one open. And the serpent, which is the specter of the AIDS virus, is coming through the window, coming for her. And will she get the condom out in time? I think is kind of the tension of the Tune scene. Tune in next week. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's, a great, it's a great book. And he he's, is a great artist. So definitely worth checking out. And uh, along the theme of specters and, and ghosts and witches 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 um but back to the story uh so when uh when when the whole family's starting to get kind of torn apart um the children are kind of the whole linchpin of this problem and if it weren't for them well yeah when they showed the twins i thought oh that's bad luck yep yep (laughs) (laughs) twins um although maybe not all evil in real life Oh, I'm sure they are. No, there's, there's but... Uh, a, there's a pretty high batting average. It's that. funny, though. We uh, we were discussing this uh, last night after the movie. Uh, in a lot of East African religions, twins are really good luck because they're so common. Oh. But in Europe, I imagine twins aren't as common, and it was just one more mouth to feed. Oh. And then, I don't know, you have a lot of stories with things stealing your identity. Oh, yeah. You know doppelgangers and if one of them's got off. a goatee it's the evil one yeah <laughs> as we learned from star trek <laughs> so um so the the twins now uh do you think they were actually um conversing with black philip or do you think that came later i don't know i think maybe yeah i don't know Maybe there were just little whisperings here and there, just enough to get them going. Yeah. But they were so precocious, so mischievous. Yeah, they wouldn't stop. I mean, it seemed like maybe they were. I mean, isn't that the day? Bedeviled already. Yeah. I mean, they were going to be bratty, if nothing else. I mean, it's a short step from bratty to pure evil. Yeah. The way they were acting. Yeah, they were pretty prepared to have their sister dragged away and they were clearly faking not remembering their prayers and then acting like they were sort of possessed or yeah when their brother was dying yeah and then later they're pretending to be asleep until dad threatened to kill them ah that was so creepy and and a lot of this stuff just felt like a much better version of the crucible did you did you two both see the crucible no. 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 No, there was it was a, like a new production of it theatrically a couple of years ago. Okay. This is the one with Winona Ryder in it. Um Okay, didn't didn't see that one. It's worth a watch for sure. But uh it just felt like it was hysteria right and left and not much got done and there wasn't any actual witchcraft that I could tell. And this was great because it had both. It had Yeah, well, same same like there's one theory that uh, they were poisoned by the rye in their bread. Yes. Yes, the St. Vitus dance, they mm. called it. When people get all <laughs> loopy and flail around like they were at a um, fish concert or something or Burning Man. <laughs> well, ah. The pendle trail started because the, the, uh, one, one of the daughters was walking along and, and she wanted to get some pins off of a peddler and he refused and she like, pointed at him and, and yelled and then a few minutes later he had a stroke oh. and he stayed alive long enough to testify that she'd cursed him wow so and you can imagine like back in the day people having strokes and you know their crops failing and stuff you know they'd be pretty quick to blame it on witches yeah well it's the obvious explanation 
just like uh, evil possessed cars. Yeah. You know, it's Occam's razor, man. <laughs> so, um, what was your favorite part of this as far as the, um, the story? Will, was there part of it that really kind of got your attention, kept you moving forward in it? Mm, it was all so good. I, I like the great images like towards the end when you get the, the, uh, the that scene with the suckling. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a great image. That was crazy because uh, everybody's kind of really come undone by this point. Mm-hmm. And so Kate, the, the, the wife slash the mother, uh, she, she wakes up to find her silver cup is returned and both of her dead sons are back. Mm-hmm. And so she's breastfeeding Samuel just to find out later she's breastfeeding a crow <laughs> and it's pecking at her breast. Yeah. That was pretty cool and of course then you're left to wonder is this all in her head but then the next morning we see the blood coming through her nightgown so we know that something happened yeah yeah i'm glad they didn't go the ambiguous is it real or was it all a dream was it all a dream no was it all psychosis was it all and they told us early on I mean, they showed us right away. Yeah. Like, no, there's a real witch. And she's pulping babies. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. So so we we as the audience are let in on that, like, what, 15 minutes into the movie? 10, Easily, 10 or 15? Yeah. yeah, there's no ambiguity within the movie that there's an actual witch. Yeah. I mean, we've got or the... witches. Yeah, we've got the hearing at the plantation. Basically, this guy is even more devout than them and more more you know, religious conviction in them. They're getting the hell out on the rickety cart going through clouds of bugs. And then pretty soon it's the peekaboo game where the baby disappears. I mm-hmm. mean, it's can't be more than 10 minutes really. Yeah. No, it's pretty quick. And then we're on for the ride. We, then know, we know there's witches, but they, they don't yet. They don't know yet. They think it's a wolf. Well, I'm not sure that they really thought it was a wolf ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like they have options, you know, it's, Witches, was it a witch or was it a wolf? That's a, want to go were, for a wolf. They were scape wolfing. And, and they don't jump to the idea that it could be like the locals snatching their baby. I don't no. know that there were any real locals. Well, you, you, see, you see when they're leaving the town, you see a couple of, like, you see a couple of guys from the local tribe. Yeah. Mohicans or something. But, but they, they don't assume it's them persecuting them later on in the film. No. They either go straight to the witch. Yeah. So. How did those witches get there? That's what I wondered. They're always there. Hmm. Well, she, she, like, uh, you only see there's there's one. You think there's like one for most of it, don't you? Yeah. Um, you don't know there's a coven. She, she's, I was wondering if they're going for a kind of like she represents nature and the wilds. Yes. Because she's in this like very, her home is kind of like this hobbity home back yeah. in the woods and it's like really blended into the landscape and she, she's this kind of force of nature and like the idea of paganism being closer to to the actual world um, yeah and then and then you have these like strict religious types coming over from the from england and and in you know they carrying their their, their old ideas about uh how things are ordered in the universe and yeah and having conflict with the with nature I think that was part of it. It's all very succinct and provable until you go put it to the test and try and live 
off the land, and then you find out that it's um, nature does not give a damn about you. <laughs> no. Your crops fail, your traps don't work, you can't kill a bunny. Well, of course, because the bunny was a witch, but yeah, yeah. Do you think that 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 was a familiar? Yeah, I think yeah. It, I think, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they. I think the. I don't think it was actually like a shape-shifted witch that became a bunny. I think they were like remote viewing through the bunnies. Yeah, something like that. Something. Yeah, it was sort of like the um, the drones of the day. Yeah. So when we were talking about this on the way over, uh, I mentioned that like uh, Pete, Peter Travers had written a review of this in the Rolling Stone, and he said uh, <coughs> Eggers raises the witch far above the horror herd. He doesn't need cheap tricks. But then we were talking about, well, yeah, you've got these, like the, uh, uh, the jump of from the shining of the the young woman turning into an old woman, mm-hmm. and you've got the uh, the glimpse of the dead dog. Yeah, and you know these are these have been done before, and they're un- they're unnecessary. Uh, did, did, did it jar with the rest of the movie? Those no, I don't think so. Jumps. Uh, I, I don't think they jarred with the movie, but I. No, I don't agree that the director didn't, didn't use any cheap tricks. Yeah, I think he was very jumps. restrained yeah. with his cheap tricks. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he was, for and sure. I think compared to a lot of horror movies oh, yeah. now, yeah, um, yeah, where by it's comparison, like every, every that, five minutes, yeah, where it's all jumps mm-hmm. and no real, no substance, dread. right, right. Um, something that that was kind of a cool, and I don't even know if it was meant to be an Easter egg. But um, <clears throat> when we were sitting in the theater, uh, the scene where Thomasine sits down at that table and sort of uh, she's in the barn and she's just going to take a nap or whatever before Black Philip appears. Mm-hmm. In the background, I, I'm looking around like what's in this room with her and I see a cauldron hanging <laughs> over near the, you know, the back of the place on the far wall. I, so I'm thinking, oh, there's a cauldron. And then I see these um, hand dipped candles hanging over a stick, like a row of candles I'm thinking there's there's all this kind of uh, stuff that would be used in witchcraft as we know it from, yeah. from fiction anyway. And so we, we get kind of this, uh, I don't even know at that point if you could call it a foreshadowing, but we see some symbolism in the scene mm-hmm. before she just says, hey, let's do this thingy. Yeah. So was it all set up to make her a witch? I got to think it was. Well, she she hasn't got much of a choice at that point. No, but I mean, even before she had a choice, before her family was killed, was it all a ploy to get her to become a witch? Oh, okay. So was like, that the plot like of the, the witches? witches yeah, like the witches are looking, are they coordinating this to get, is Black Philip coordinating this yeah. <laughs> to get another bride or right. whatever? I don't know if Black Philip was actually the devil, although he hmm. kind of appeared at the end. He seemed to be. He had a gloved hand and some spurs. Yeah. Yeah, he's, maybe he's from uh, Judas Priest or something. <laughs> now, one of the questions I had after the movie was over was, if goats were so suspicious to people of the day, mm. why the hell did they keep a goat? Because <laughs> they, they're pretty easy to raise. They eat. They, a lot. They're, it's not like a cow. You have to feed a right. lot of hay to a cow. Yeah, like a goat will eat pretty much anything. It'll yeah. eat thistles. It doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You can't hurt their mouth. Mm-hmm. And you raise them for milk and food. I guess that would be it. Yeah. 
So. But but the whole time you're going, you look like Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, well, you know, that's the trade-off. Yeah, I guess so. the price you pay to have an easy piece of you know livestock. Um. Now I didn't really notice the music. It was uh, it was reminding me of Georgi Leggetti, who did a lot of. Uh, Kubrick movies. Okay. So, mm. Where it's like like rising choral. Yeah, it was all yeah. just a score. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was, uh, Kubrick used him in 2001 and The Shining and Eyes Wide Shut. Um, and he was also in, uh, used for the Godzilla, at least in the trailer. Um, and, uh, and the unusual percussion reminded me of uh, Jerry Goldsmith's score for Planet of the Apes. Oh, oh yeah. cool. Now, I want to see this again just to pay more attention to the music because I know it worked, but I can't put my finger on any of it and remember any of it. So it was that good. It, was, it mm-hmm. fit naturally with the with the movie. Yeah, and as, as well as the music, uh, there's the use of silence. Like things would just die to silence. And yeah. The quiet moments do a lot in this movie. And a lot <laughs> yeah. of the transitions, it just goes to black and then silence and comes back in. Now, did you think for a moment, speaking of that, did you think for a moment when Thomasine sat down at that table in the barn that, that w- they were going to roll credits right oh, then? Oh, I was so waiting. I was I was just waiting for them to do that and go, damn it. I was I was thinking <laughs> I was going to be so okay with it. I was going to be so upset. I was prepared to be okay with it. Uh, I like they went that extra distance and showed us a coven of witches. And, yeah. You know, I really liked that the supernatural was real in this and not now now whether they did older and whether they did or didn't use a body double for the actress and i don't know how old she is she was 18 or 19 at the time okay so she could have done her own nudity in this movie Mm -hmm. and no legal problems um i was thinking as we were watching it i'm thinking okay she looks older now than she did earlier like they were filming her to make her look younger like could she be 13 or 14 at the beginning it was hard to tell yeah it just seemed like she is and she seems to mature by the time you get 40 40 minutes to an hour in the movie and then at the end it's like well she looks like a woman Mm -hmm. you know and then she's off to join the coven but uh great job on her part i mean she carried a lot of this movie and, uh, and the twins were no slouches. I mean, everybody just mm-hmm. really did some top-notch acting. Yeah. On you know, on some Caleb was really pretty good. He was. His death scene was fantastic. Oh, oh a child yeah. Actor. Wow. You know, as an actor, you can't hope for a. I know, and to stronger scene, and to think that they had to use the the dialect of the day, which mm-hmm. didn't. I mean. I don't think would flow naturally if we tried to talk that way, but uh, they did it really well. After yeah. a while, they must have really practiced yeah. this. It didn't seem like, other than one little bit in the in the horse barn, it didn't seem at all to me, you know, like they were memorizing lines. It didn't or seem stilted, stilted or, yeah. in any way. They were reading a card off the off the side, yeah. and it was it was uh, the film was generally respectful of those people you could like a standard horror movies like um depiction of like religious types that are generally not cases yes i like and that this was really respectful it's just i like that a were. lot and these people were were p- 
pious, but they were flawed. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, you mentioned in another podcast we did uh, something about vampires and how now movies, they've removed the the supernatural protections people mm-hmm. can use. And I think that's the same sort of thing that this is, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> so, so like that they've got their own religion, but it's shown to be yeah, it, it doesn't save them at all. Um, it gives them no power. Yeah, I don't know though. To fight the witches. Or... Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, was it there? I mean, the father had the sin of pride. The mm-hmm. Caleb had the sin of lust. Yeah. Um. So in the, even in their own terms, it, uh, they were letting their own religion down. So that's why yeah, they failed. That's why they failed. Right. Even though yeah. they would pray, you know, Thomason stops praying at some point. I mean, her brother's dying. Yeah, and they're, they're still not... being deceitful to each other. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they lie. She's the only one that I don't think lies. Right, yeah. Um, she tries to play off the thing about the silver cup at one point. She goes, "It's on the shelf in there." Yeah. Well, no, she truly didn't know where the silver cup was. Did she? She didn't know at the time it was no, missing. No, she had no idea. Oh. And the father had taken it and traded yeah. it for traps, so he let her take the blame mm-hmm. for it, and that's why she called him out at the end about it. You know. Yeah, because he lied with his silence. Yeah, he wouldn't. I mean, he wouldn't step in to defend her. And uh, and the wife, the the mother, um, Kate, Katie, um, she wanted to go back to England pretty badly. Yeah. And uh, could you blame her at this point? Right. <laughs> she she didn't just want to go back to the township. She was like, I just want to go back to England. And they must have, I don't know, had some money. They had glass windows and a nice silver yeah, yeah. chalet. Yeah, kind of rhapsodize about having seen glass. Yeah, yeah, which... Sounded fantastic to lay in the sun yeah. and not have the bugs get in. <laughs> so many bugs. Clouds of gnats. Yeah. Um, so uh, the books you have, Jolien, um, are these things that are still in print that you know of? Uh, I know you can find them. and I've had these since, this folklore book since I was a kid. Yeah, that okay, what's the title? Like what's the title? Folklore, book. myths, and legends of Britain, and it's just uh, compilation. Beautiful illustrations, and and it it takes you through as chapters on different subjects like uh, fairy and nursery rhymes and witches and giants, and uh, and then it goes into area by area. So like, there's a whole uh, chapter on uh, the northwest, so including. Lancashire and the the Pendle witches and uh, yeah, so it's a really amazing book. It looks really cool. We had uh, we had one of those. Um, I think it was a Time Life book that came out either in the late seventies or early eighties, called um, something. I think it was something myth and legend, and it was just like it was like a single book yeah, I remember encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say it reminded me, I have a couple books from a series that was right before that called Man, Myth, and Magic. Man, Myth, yes. and Magic? Yeah. Or was yeah. it not Man, and Myth, then, and Legend? No, then there was another one after that that was like unexplained something, Myth, and Legend, I think. And they had 
like a single volume on UFOs. Okay. This, uh, this was a standalone book that was that same, that yeah. same bunch where it would have stuff about like the Jersey devil and spring Hill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember those too. Yeah. yeah that was great. Cause it, it was basically talking, mm. talking about the, the strange world. Love checking those out from the library as a child. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Really into Bigfoot and all that nonsense. Yeah. Good old Bigfoot. No, I never believed in Bigfoot. It just seemed too ridiculous. That's but. another thing from the 70s and 80s. That oh, Bigfoot mm-hmm. was so big in the 70s. Why? We had Evil Knievel, Muhammad Ali, Killer Bees, and Bigfoot. Kiss. And Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> There's your dream team right there. Bigfoot versus a $6 million man. Yeah. Right. Only six million dollars. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing now. Right, you get no. like an arm, maybe. Shit, I got six million bucks. And not a really good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could three D print one of them arms right now. Yeah, <laughs> attach it Man, to the top I want of my a head. Three D printer. <laughs> oh, before you know, before you know it, we're all gonna have three D printers and laser etchers and everything else. We're just gonna be making all kinds of cool stuff. But we digress. What's this other book? The Dictionary of the uh, Supernatural. Dictionary of Supernatural by Peter Underwood, who wrote several books about various mysterious things. So this is like, a, yeah, yeah, so it's A to Z of um, various things. It's not, it's not a huge book. And it doesn't cover anything in detail. But uh, I think it was one of those you get from book clubs for like fifty mm-hmm. p for when you join. Yeah. Does it seem well researched? Yeah, and he, he knows his stuff. He's, he was a well-known writer. He's uh, just giving general overviews. President for 18 years of the most respective and penetrative organization in its field, the Ghost Club, founded over a century ago. <laughs> penetrative. <laughs> He's an associate professor at the Tampa Spaceology an, Department. An, <laughs> this came out in 78. Oh, wow. That was at the height of killer bees and evil Knievel. Yeah. I mean, if you if you look at all these books in the seventies, you're going to come across that story they're doing in uh, the Conjuring Two. Yeah, we saw the trailer for. That's, yeah. that's up in North London. Oh wow! It's like this late seventies story about these teenage girls who said there was a poltergeist in the house. Wow, they they hit us with about seven previews, didn't they? I wrote them yeah, down. We, I know you did. I, I forgot to bring my list. Yeah, there's like eight. My list is in the house. trailers. Like there was Conjuring Two. The Conjuring Two. Search for Curly's Skull. <laughs> Notice I restrained from saying Electric Boogaloo. I'm so glad I was yeah. waiting. I'm not uh, going to do it. The Purge 3, which looked yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> it looks so dumb. You know. Uh, Man. <laughs> just stop with the Purge. Quit trying to make the Purge a thing. It's not going to happen. One, this is America. Don't we all have guns? I know I've got six or seven laying around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm. I have at least. You got one when you got your citizenship, right? They oh, give yeah. you a gun. Yeah, they give you a, a silver gun. Yeah, and then you have to <laughs> you just have a shootout on. for that one citizenship <laughs> card, and you won. Yeah, we love guns. I mean, they used to have the bullwhip option, but they got rid of that. I mean, it was just too violent, so you had to clean it up with guns. Yeah. Yeah, bullwhips, man. They're so archaic. <laughs> so, um, overall. Um, I Highly re- recommend. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even really need, this is like, it follows. I uh, was going to say, it follows, and this, I think I liked it follows a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. But 
fantastic movies. So, ha- uh, have you watched many other witch movies? How would you compare them? Uh, I was thinking of the Dario Argento witch oh, yes. trilogy, Suspirian, Suspirian Inferno, and mm-hmm. with Goblin, the terrible. Yeah, I definitely thought that was better. Uh, and Witchfinder General is just angry as hell. That's a Vincent yeah. Price one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that one, um, historical accuracy is not so good. That was an actual guy. He was an actual guy, but yeah. do they tell the story accurately? Do you know? Because I have not seen this one, and I want to. I don't know. But I like I kind of like going in knowing that, uh, oh, but come on, Billy the Kid really didn't do stuff, that. Stuff as bad as that happened, definitely. Okay. Billy the and, Kid and in England, like Dracula? Com- no. Compared to mainland Europe and Scotland, it wasn't even as bad as those places. No. Okay. They were fairly restrained. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, very few people were actually burned to death in England. Yeah, they they tended they hanged them, and in and on all the centuries of witch trials, there's like two hundred people were killed, which is like terrible. But mm-hmm. you compare that to five thousand people burned to death in Scotland and two hundred thousand in mainland mainland Europe. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of hysteria is just. Unbelievable. Well, they were more into burning you if you were translating the Bible into English <laughs> right. or, you know, yeah, that, a Protestant or a Catholic, depending on who was in power. The oh. Bible is supposed to be in Latin the way Jesus oh, wrote it. Oh, God, you should read about, well, don't read about some of the things like the uh, the rebels in, in Germany who, who you know, once the Bible was translated and people could interpret things for themselves... Think of really nasty, extremely nasty, yes, unimaginable, horrible, horrible ways of killing people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, uh, you, you, you take being burned to death. Yeah, yeah, you would. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you would be yelling more, more ways. And that was just Christian on Christian. Yeah. Oh man, the infighting. Yeah, I highly recommend this movie too. It goes without saying. Um, what are we gonna What are we gonna do if we keep seeing all these good movies? Are we oh, just... I know another witch movie, Haxon. Haxon. Oh, That's nineteen twenties, so right? Good. Yeah, that is a fantastic yeah, witch movie. There's not been that many witch movies. No, but the ones that have come out. I'm... Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. <laughs> well, oh, immediately unproven. Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> mm. well, that's got Rob Bottin. Effects uh, well, in yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that brings it up. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, you've got the Argento and the, the Michael Ritchie movies, and yeah, uh, there's, there's German movies called Mark of the Devil, which more about the torture and mm. um, yeah, they're pretty rough. Other than the um, the the motion sickness uh, from the Blair Witch Project, did either of you um, find the movie compelling, interesting, or at all scary? I liked the Blair Witch quite a bit when I first saw it. Okay. I, I loved the campaign. The campaign was stunning, how yeah. well it worked. And people were really believing it. Yeah, we went on the first midnight showing and had not heard much about it. And it was perfect. I mean, <laughs> about two seconds in, you realize this isn't real. but Right. About the time you read the poster, the Blair Witch, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's really witches, but uh, I I enjoyed it in, in spite of the fact that it didn't scare me even a little. I mean, I wasn't moved by any of the supposed scariness. I felt a little the tension here and there, 
when and some of the hopelessness that they were starting to uh, not find their way, uh, that that worked to a point with me, and I, I enjoyed it. But the the movie itself didn't scare me at all, and uh, they put out this um, thing called the Curse of the Blair Witch that yes. was like the the fake documentary that mm-hmm. supports all the mythology of the movie. Yeah, we saw that the, that evening and it on worked, the Sci-Fi Channel. It worked really well. It it they the faked footage of the sixties and stuff. It, yeah, it, it was nice. Uh, did either of you see it in the theater? Yeah. Um, I saw The Blair Witch in the theater, yeah. Yeah, I think that really added to it. I don't know that watching it alone... When I say I saw it, I I saw about 15 minutes of it. I couldn't look up. Oh, was it the... I just sat there for the the rest of it, thinking that Emily was watching it. But then afterwards, I found out that she'd been closing her eyes as well. Yeah, I I can't take all that. The the motion? Shaking around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my friend Carrie, she went to that. She had to get up and leave, and there were a couple girls in the bathroom who were like, just Trying absolutely to... sure that they couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. And I think they had been vomiting, or one of them had. The, the audience we were with, uh, uh, the witch was, uh, it was packed out. But like when the when the movie went silent, it was. They were so quiet. So it was quiet. a fantastic audience. Yeah. Because I've read some other people's uh, little thoughts on this. And how loud and obnoxious audiences were, and how they really? ruined it. Huh. Yeah, know, that would people this laughing movie would be ruined, at ruined, ruined if people were made a noise. Yeah, and I was thinking <clears throat> when we were going in that okay, well, it's been out for over a week, and uh, you know, there's a lot of anticipation. But the, I was hoping that the word got out that hey, teenagers, this isn't your movie. You know, so don't go in with your jackass friends throwing popcorn and you right. know playing with your cell phones and talking really loud and making jokes. And uh, there were, from what I could tell, none of those folks in the audience. Well, the the people <clears throat> sitting next to me were a group of teenage girls or young 20s. and They, they all had matching Johnny Cash shirts. Yes, and they were berating <laughs> their friends. Yeah. They were totally silent during the movie. There was a little bit of phone play at one point uh, in the beginning, but they were they were really quiet. At the end, they were berating their friend, like, why did you bring us to this? What the hell did we just watch? Uh, they were telling her, you don't even like these kind of movies. What did you think? Why, why, why was there a question? But I was very glad. they. I think it stunned them. Good. It was so different. The kind of crap that they usually watch, this blows it away, and they don't even know yet. And if it sits with them, and they think about it, and then maybe it's on cable later on, like six months or a year from now. They might be like, you know what? I'm going to look at that again, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe one out of the four of them. Maybe not. But it seemed like at least they had to sit through a good movie and not understand it. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand the Johnny Cash shirts. <laughs> I mean, or maybe they'll just wait for the remake in four years. <laughs> yeah. With... Uh, Who's going to be in it? Rob Zombie's <laughs> The Vitch. <laughs> the Vitch. And I, I showed restraint not saying Vitch at the beginning of this. Yes. But why? <laughs> there are two U's. Yeah. A V was a there, U There's then. this uh, Canadian band called Always, which has a double V instead of W. Yeah. And then there's Churches, the band that is spelled Chiverches. <laughs> they use a V for a U. Oh. That's because yeah. of V, you know, the... It was just easier back then. The F with the tail. Yeah. Like an S. Yeah. 
And there's a British group, a kind of heavy rock group called Witches, but it's with a Y. Witches? Witches. Itches. Itches. (laughs) Terribly. (laughs) Get some salve. The Denver band called the Warlocks. The Warlock Pinchers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Warlock Pinchers, that's it. Man. There's a there's a lot of so what about the deadly bees? Do we want do we want to make that a mini episode of its own? Well, that sounds like a good place to wrap it up. And um, thank you again to the Moon Rays for their song intro creature features at the top of the show. Find them at themoon-rays.com or buy their music on iTunes or Amazon. Find us on Instagram as Chewing the Scenery. That's all one word. Um, and Facebook, we're pretty easy to find. It's facebook.com forward slash Chewing the Scenery podcast. Please, if you get a chance, go on iTunes or whatever other directory you use to find this and rate, review, and subscribe. It does help like-minded people find us. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.